Welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode 12, and today we're excited to have Reverend Mike Powers share our devotion. Mike is the former director of discipleship for FAS, and obviously still a really good friend. Mike shares from the book of Acts, talking about the authority from heaven. You're really going to enjoy this devotion. Pause for a moment of prayer here, and then I want to share with you from Acts chapter 3. A familiar passage, but uh, some thoughts I'd I like to for us to consider today. So let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for these friends. I thank you for their lives and their witness. I thank you for the ways that you work through them and reveal the kingdom um, in their words, in their actions, in their prayers, in the love that they share in their homes and in their neighborhoods across this country and around the world. I pray, Lord, today that you will use your word to encourage us uh, to open our hearts and minds to even a greater way that we can have an impact uh, as your messengers that you send forth. So again, thank you for these faithful disciples. Uh, Bless this fellowship, we pray. Hear our prayers as we gather in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read it, familiar passage, and I want to. I just want to walk down it with you for a little bit and bring some things in here. Uh, I'm reading from the New International Version. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as, he, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give, to, give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. God bless us as we consider this word. You know, I find it interesting how Luke begins this passage. He says, one day. I want to paint some context here. One day, it's the first story after the Pentecost account in in Acts chapter 2. And so we have to think, okay, he says one day. Now, are we talking about the next day? We're talking about someday? We can think chronologically. I don't think this is necessarily chronologically. I'm not sure it happened the very next day. It just says one day. And so it seems like Luke is very intentional about placing this story after Pentecost. Uh, th- this this is a this is a, a, a remarkable moment, and he places this story here. Now again, we can explore that a little bit, but I kept thinking, why is this story here? Why, why is it placed here? What what is Luke really trying to get across to us? But let's look at this. We, we see that Peter and John uh, are are going to the temple, and this is according to Jesus' plan. You remember Jesus gave them. Uh, his his commission in 
Mark chapter six. Then Jesus went around uh, teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. So they are following Jesus' plan about ministry, going two by two. They weren't loners. They weren't going on their own. They go two by two. And he gives them authority over earthly matters. But there's more to that. And it's the fact that they were going to the temple at the time of prayer and going two by two. They're going among people that necessarily weren't followers of Jesus, but they were seekers. They were praying. And we had this promise that Jesus gave that, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am in the midst. Now, this is the context that these disciples, Peter and John, on their way into the temple, this place of prayer, uh, with the authority over earthly matters, as Jesus had commissioned them earlier, but also we see in this wonderful promise about Jesus' presence with them, wherever two or more gathered in his name, is the authority of heaven. It's not just the authority over earth. It's also the authority of heaven. And so they are entering the temple to pray with the authority over earth and the authority of heaven as they go. And they enter the, the beautiful gate, uh, the, the costly, the silver and golden adorned gate. I uh, read one place where it's it was like 75 feet high and 60 feet wide. It took 20 men to open it and, and close it. It was a it was a marvelous structure, and uh, it was so impressive. And of course, the you know the different ones would come there, but obviously the the wealthy and the uh, and the highbrow folks obviously would would want to come into the temple that way. But what a contrast! We have this temple gate, and then we see in verse the very next uh, passage there. Now a man crippled from birth was among was was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. What a contrast that Peter and John are coming into that place with the authority over earthly matters, over the evil in the world, the brokenness of the world, the disease of the world. And they're coming with the authority of heaven. And here's a cripple, uh, a man crippled from birth, carried there. And here's the point I want to make about him. He was very pragmatic. This man was very pragmatic. He took this position. It was his spot. He was carried there every day. He was put in this position to be seen and to see. I mean, that was it. And he had learned this is what you do. And we know this story is familiar in, in, in the scripture, in the New Testament especially, where uh, the infirmed, the the those who had been damaged in their bodies or born that way or hurt in, in, in life circumstances, they were placed in these significant places to see and be seen, to be helped uh, and relying on the mercy of others. They had become very pragmatic, very pragmatic. Uh, and with that pragmatism, what we see in this man, he had decided there were two categories of people. And as he saw people come, and as they looked at him or didn't look at him, he saw two different categories. One category, obviously, uh, were those who just simply ignored him or avoided him 
and just look past him and no response. Category number one. But then he realized there was category number two. And those were the ones that sometimes had mercy on him and would, would, would provide for him to give him some gift. Occasionally, maybe some there were, there were regulars who, who would, he would recognize. Uh, but for him, it was worth the effort. It was a very pragmatic understanding of the world. This is how he worked the system. This is how the world operated. You had to be in the right spot to get the right help and uh, to uh, participate, uh, hopefully, in the, in the mercy and the goodness of others. But on this day, it, wasn't, it was more than just pragmatism at work. We really have two worlds colliding here. We have two disciples of Jesus who had the authority of, over the, the earthly matters, the evil of the world, and they had the authority of heaven. And then we have this man who's very pragmatic, and these two worlds collide. And so we, we have this in verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, and I like how Luke reemphasized this. Then Peter said, look at us, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting something from them. Because in the man's mind, he was thinking, category two, this is a good moment. Category two just kicked in. But Peter, in saying to him, Look at us, and he looks intently. The Bible says there that Peter looked straight at him. In another translation, he looked intently. He gazed upon him. He fixed his attention upon the man. Two things happen. And, and what we see here is that the pragmatism of the world situation that this man had come to accept as, as just the normal way. It's just the way the world works. And you have to just do the best, see and be seen, and rely on the goodness of others. And the authority of heaven clashed. It just clashed in that moment. And what we see is the introduction of the authority of heaven in this moment. And this is what I like for us to take home with us today. Because this is an everyday clash. It's just the way the world operates. It's just the way things go. Very pragmatically, you know, it's a, a, the survival of the fittest. You, you, you hit this button, you get this result. You you make this plea, you get this response. It's just the way the way world the world the way the world works, and, and we learn that we say, well, he's worldly wise; he knows how it works. But sometimes I think maybe we don't understand the authority of heaven, and we minimize that, and we set it aside, and defer instead to the pragmatism of the world. But there are two things that happen here. When when Peter looked at him. He looked straight at the, the crippled man. The authority of heaven came with love. The authority of heaven rushed into that moment, and it was introduced with love. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. He made eye contact with him. And what he was communicating is, this isn't category number one. This isn't simply someone uh, who, uh, who is, is going to pass you by, because I'm paying attention to you. And the second thing is, he said to him, he was really communicating, but it's also more than category number two. It's not simply uh, that I'm going to give you what you want pragmatically. 
he made eye contact with him. Peter and John fixed their gaze upon him, intently looked at him, and introduced him to category number three. And that's the authority of heaven, the power of, 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 of that God had, that Christ had given them, that Jesus had given them, it bestowed upon them uh, as he called them and commissioned them. It was an out of this world category that this man had never experienced, never anticipated. The authority of heaven began with love. They looked intently upon him. It was incarnational love. They embraced the man with their gaze. They looked into his heart. They looked into his soul. They looked through it into his eyes. He wasn't a case study. He wasn't a cripple. He wasn't a broken man that they had pity on. He was a person of worth. He was a child of God. And they looked intently at him. And the authority of heaven rushed into that moment, into that man's life. Mark chapter 10, rich young man came up to Jesus. He was seeker. He was seeker. He was very sincere. He'd done all these things. The Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. That's that third category. It's the authority of heaven, and it rushes in, and it changes everything. It it moves beyond the pragmatism. It it moves beyond just the, the way the world operates, beyond the world system. It's the entire authority of heaven rushing in. Friends, when God makes eye contact with us, when, when we're face to face, when when God looks at us, that's category number three. That changes everything. The possibilities are are unlimited. When when we have the gaze of, of God upon us, when, when we see that, and He's given us that authority in ministry, in in our Christian witness, that uh, when when we move beyond just the pragmatism and just the way things work and try to get results and do what we can, really what, what Jesus is saying is, look at me. And then he's saying, look at them with my eyes, look upon them. It's almost like what Peter was saying was, just look into the face of love, look at me. And the man fixed his attention, expecting category number two. And all of a sudden he was introduced to category number three. The authority of heaven just rushed in with love. And that was the beginning of the miracle. But the second thing is what we see in verse six. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, what did he have? I have the authority of heaven. I have the authority of, of, of the eternal, holy love of God. Uh, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So what Peter was saying was, I do not have a pragmatic solution for your situation. I really don't. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I don't have silver or gold. I don't have medical advice. I, I can't do for you what you're expecting me to do. Category number one, I'm not going to ignore you. Uh, category number two, uh, I'm not just going to give you a coin. But he says, I'm able to give you what I have received. And, and he said this, by the authority of heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ, take up your bed and walk. So you have Jesus, you have authority. That's what, what we see in this passage. And this is interesting that it says that Peter took him by the right hand. You know, that, that, was, a, that was a gesture of, of, of dignity. That was a, a gesture of honor. 
he didn't just take his elbow and lift him up. He took him by the right hand and uh, he reached out and seized that moment. He took that effort and made that effort to reach out and, and note the prepositions here with power by the authority of heaven in Jesus name. Now that's our ministry call with power by the authority of heaven in Jesus name. Introduced by love and the miracle comes. Verses eight, nine, look at this. Uh, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and praising, uh, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw them, saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit there to see and be seen, waiting for a pragmatic solution. And they just couldn't figure out what had gone on because a whole new category, the authority of heaven, had been introduced. You know, I, I kept thinking of a song as I was working on this. Uh, you know, that gospel song, Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul. It's like, why not? <laughs> why, why not expect the authority of heaven to come down in moments like that? And in our ministry, it's a whole new category that the world just doesn't even can't even imagine. And yet Jesus has given us that authority. He given us that authority in the sense of love that we just gaze upon people, but also given us that authority in the fact that we have that kind of power, the power of the authority of heaven in the midst of this very pragmatic, commonsensical world cause and effect world, which we too easily just readily conclude operates only by our clever devices and our wisdom. He's given us a whole new category, the authority of heaven. Isn't that a great story? It's a wonderful story. And it just kind of opens up the whole possibilities of grace that uh, uh, sometimes we may not even allow ourselves to think because we just think, what does it take to get the results we want? Uh, because we learned that this is just the way the world operates. I uh, I know we've most of us have worked through Oswald Chambers over the years. Uh, my most for his highest. I read this. This was back in February, but I, I thought of this as just to kind of wrap this up. Let me share just his thoughts on uh, this. Is from February 29th. The context is is Luke 18, where Jesus asks the blind man, "What do I? What do you want?" He says, "Lord, that I may receive my sight." And let me just share this with you. What is the thing that not only disturbs you, but makes you a disturbance? It's always something you cannot deal with yourself. They rebuked him that, they should, that he should hold his peace, but he cried out so much more. Persist in the disturbance until you get face to face with the Lord himself. Do not deify common sense. When Jesus asks us what we want him to do for us in regard to the incredible thing with which we are faced, Remember that he does not work in common sense ways, but in supernatural ways. Watch how we limit the, the Lord by remembering what we have allowed him to do for us in the past. I have always failed here and I shall always shall. Consequently, we do not ask for what we want. It is ridiculous to ask God for this. Uh, if it is an impossibility, it is the thing we have to ask. 
if it is not an impossible thing, it is not a real disturbance. God will do the absolute impossible. Category number three. <laughs> Category number three. Uh, once we see Jesus, he does the impossible thing. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And, and that's what that man saw in the eyes of Peter and John. He saw love. He saw the love of Christ. And he was introduced to the authority of heaven, changed his life. It begins with love, and it comes with the authority of heaven. That's our Pentecostal ministry. Well, may the Lord bless us as we embrace that. Well, thanks again for stopping by. We continue to pray that these devotions are an encouragement to you. We invite you to leave a review, to subscribe to the podcast channel, to share these with friends and family. If at any point you need more information on the Francis Asbury Society, check us out at our website, www.francisasburysociety.com. And if we can answer any questions for you or be of any other help, don't be afraid to send us an email and reach out. Thanks again. Have a great day.